0: Want to learn how to put together a podcast? Well, you're in luck. As someone who has done over 1,000 episodes of the podcast, have won awards, and have also done shows for companies and clients, I am more than happy to teach you how it is to create a podcast. In my course, you will learn the following skills. How to put together a show. What does that actually entail? Whether it's audio or video. How to interview guests. how to Why you would actually get guests. If that is the, whether you do them or not regularly on the show. Whether or not you how to market your show, whether you're trying to make money or even how to do some extra fun things that you never would imagine doing in a podcast, this is my course, this is how it's done, and I'm here to show you. So for the month of December, you will get 25% off if you register for The Chorus. It launches for December, the week of Christmas. So definitely click on the link in the description below if you want to register. Meet Tony Scamparza. A hitman who is having a bad day. Despite the warnings of his boss, he takes the one job he should have avoided at all costs. Because of his insatiable ego, he's killed in the line of duty. However, death is now the least of his problems, as he's immediately recruited by demons from hell. Demons who come to offer him a job. A job of corrupting souls, because heaven and hell are locked in a timeless battle a battle to recruit as many souls as they can before all portals to the afterlife close and the world as we know it ends. Set in the world of Immortal Era, Corrupter is a prequel that shows the world before the curse of immortality. Join us for the 28-page debut issue where all hell is sure to break loose.
1: Turn up the music. Oh yeah. I think i
0: that. Yes. And thank you for your patience in setting all of this
1: up. No, not at all. Yeah. Stuff will go wrong. That's the only thing you can depend on in life.
0: Oh, the universe the universe does. Uh, hold on a second here. Am I on here? Yes, we are. Okay. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of, anyway. Lean in a little. A little hi. So, folks, this is uh, another one of these podcasts I'm, I'm prepping to go on the road. My guest is the incredible Angela Ackerman. <laughs> She's laughing at that. <laughs> <holo> concept. <laughs> You don't get complimented very often.
1: Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm lucky in that I do. I've got a husband who is really great about that. It's just not, it's not a natural thing for me to accept those things. So yeah. it,
0: it, it's weird. I, I, yeah. I, I learned this and I learned this a long time ago. Um, it's people expect negative, like the worst. It is just something that's kind of built in. And then when someone is just genuinely nice to you and you don't, for no other reason just to be nice. I don't know how to deal with
1: it. I don't know if it's that for me. It's that I just um, like I like talking about other stuff. I like talking about other people, but I I don't know. It's always weird when it when things are turned around and you have to talk about yourself. Yeah, no, <laughs> some people are great at that, and
0: yeah. I, I, I my training for that was of all things pro wrestling.
1: Pro wrestling.
0: <laughs> so so back in the eighties, right. So you, you would watch the old, the old pro wrestling shows, it's just some wrestling, but the real interesting stuff is always the fact, they would try to talk to people from students to wrestle. So they had Ninji Jin and he would interview all these guys, right? Now, so on the one hand, it's the dumbest thing ever. You see these guys, these larger than life human beings wearing these outlandish costumes, and they're like, I'm gonna kick, like for all intentions, yeah. they were in, I'm going Yeah, theatrics. Gonna kick. Yeah, theatrics. But are I'm gonna kick your ass at this place, at this time, fee they would be square. My favorite wrestler of all time, though, is Macho Man. So. Oh, yeah. Right? But here's the thing. You ever watch his interviews? They're nuts. They're absolutely the crew. He comes in, like, with a creamer like this, a couple creamers like this. He goes, the cream rises to the top, right? right? <laughs> see, see, you're laughing your ass off, right? He was entertaining. But it was one of the most important things, like, marketing lessons I've ever learned. That guy made millions of dollars talking people to come into these rings. Think about this. Getting out of the comfort of your own home, gonna go to these obnoxious arenas buying these like ridiculous prices for beer and nachos, beer and nachos have always been overpriced at any of these arenas all over the world. He talked people into that building. Mm-hmm. And why? Because on some level, he believed he was authentic and when he was something. Mm-hmm. That is the most important lesson I've ever learned. It's not about when you look inward on yourself, it's not about um, Hey, I'm building myself off to be awesome. There's a little bit of that. But what it really is, is can you be your authentic self in front of people? Because you can do yeah. that. You can do that. You'll connect with people. And when you connect with people, they will follow you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's entertainment too. He knew his role. Absolutely. No, <laughs> you know, no, like, no, no, Absolutely. Yeah. He knew
0: exactly who he was and who he wasn't. Yeah. So that's that's the whole Kramer's Bill. Kramer's Bill. Live stuff. It's always fun. Um... But he knew who he was and he knew who he wasn't. Yeah. That's part of it too. But I think it's true with, especially with the way the world works today. Like We have social media, we're on camera here, hi. Right, 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 we're on camera. I got a microphone right here. We have music playing in the background here, right? as As we're doing this and we have all this activity going back and forth. And what I've learned is, is today people are seeking those connections more than ever. And I think, the way the game has changed for authors and artists is because of this all this technology we got to find that piece of ourselves we're comfortable sharing with people because we don't live in an era anymore where you can just sit home and write and expect no. people and expect people to find you that doesn't yeah. work anymore yeah
1: and I think that's something that probably a lot of authors struggle with is a lot of the ones I know you know they struggle with going online and some of them embrace it and they just they love it other people really struggle with knowing how do I do that authentically? How do I, how do I make myself interesting to other people? Like, like they think it's something that they need to do in order to be interesting. And how vulnerable do you get? Like, how much of your personal life do you show and things like that?
0: You got so, to figure what your own boundaries are. Yeah. Like, I, like, let's say, great. There are things. not me, I have an obnoxiously big mouth, and I got no <laughs> problem making a mess of myself. It's fantastic. And, and the reason why, and I, I mentioned this off here. I, I had a so in the seventh grade. So this is what happened to me. I, I, it's a blessing now, but back then it was a nightmare. So I, 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 I was getting. I got uh, it was French class. I got called to the front of the uh, class to do a presentation. I was good in French, really good in French, which is like right. But on the way up, this is like 12 years old. So you know, puberty happens on the way up, and suddenly I'm in the front of the class with like you know just like in short shorts and a t-shirt, and just like, everybody can see what's going on, and just like, and I, I even live that, day. but the other thing about that is, the worst thing's already happened to me, I mean, there's only right. one, there's only one thing that can top that, ever, right, but I think I'd be okay even in that environment at this point, after everything I've been through, so, um, it, like I said, throwing up would have been nice compared to what happened yeah, to me. Yeah, it's
1: a little traumatizing. Can be,
0: or it can be also. But it's, it's what you do with it, right? It can free you. Yeah. Up, uh, right? You, you no longer, you're not worried about the worst that can happen anymore. Sorry, you've already experienced it, so it's just like.
1: But it's an evolution to get to that point in time where you feel where you see it in that light. Oh yeah. And it's if you can't get there, like that's where you you've developed an emotional wound, and you're. Terrified of being put on the spot and things like that. You're terrified that you're gonna make a mistake, you know And and it can hold you back. It, so you have it, to get to there
0: it, it, It's To some degree it's up to you. Like I mean to some degree like initially again the initial shock and trauma sure but There comes a point I think in my journey where it's like, okay What do I do with this? Like mm-hmm. You gotta be very honest with that emotion that moment that stuff. What do I do with this? I mean more and Lord knows, more embarrassing stuff has happened since, right? It's just one of those. It's one of those. It's one of those things where God has a sense of humor. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. So you have to learn how to. Again, that's that's where you have to learn how to deal with certain things, right? And it's just one of those things where I just realized, looking back and forward, it's it's allowed me to be comfortable in all kinds of. Yeah, you
1: you've turned it into a strength.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, that's, and that was a choice. Now, again, I could have chosen not to, right? There's a point, I just, a point I think where everybody's accountable of how they see, how things happen to us all. And some things are definitely more challenging to overcome mm-hmm. than others, for sure. But at some point on the journey, you got to look at everything that's happened to you. It's like, okay, do I own this or does it own me?
1: Yeah, I, I think to a certain degree that that's absolutely true. I think that there are just, there's some traumas that lie outside of our ability to control them, Ooh. and that's no failing. You no. know, it's just, it's, it's kind of a, it's not something that you ever overcome. It's just like a constant thing that you have sure. to keep fighting and keep showing up. You know, keep showing up and trying to live your life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when you can be honest with yourself and, 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 and see how if something's holding you back and you can see that and you can make decisions about okay what can I learn from this and what can I do maybe so it's not holding me back well uh, that's super valuable
0: there's a quote I love like are you willing to give up everything of who you are to be who you want to become right there comes a point I think in every book and again everything we everything we experience can teach us, it can hold us, like you can do all kinds of things, right, and, and we, have, we have everything that happens in life, every obstacle that happens in life that comes in your way, right, you have to find your own, again, you gotta let yourself feel that, whatever mm-hmm. it's doing to you, you gotta let yourself feel that, and there's a process, I, I, and there's definitely a grieving, mourning, coping yep. process in every experience you have in life, but then there's gonna come a point, it's like, okay, who do I want to become? And are these feelings I'm having, are they helping me or hindering me? Mm -hmm. And there's also, I mean, there's, I think one of the other things too, it can get, and and in an odd way, it doesn't matter how painful a thing can be. And again, there are exceptions to this. Yeah, for sure. There are exceptions. 100%. Yeah, right. But there are, I think for the vast majority of experiences in our lives, they're there to teach us. They're also, they can become a comfort to us, how we are, how we behave, who we are. Can we change, right? And will we, do we want to change,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I think that's, that's as much a part of the journey as anything else, right? You can look at yourself and not like who you are, but you can stay there too, if that's what you want to do, whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not, because there's a comfort in that knowledge. Do you want, but when you change it, you become something completely different and it's a different, an evolution process, an evolution process becomes the unknown do you want to venture out on that limb and see that that person is there's i think again i think there's even a point for all of us where we just don't want to do that anymore and that's fair well
1: it 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 is sort of about your relationship with fear yeah and which fears you're in a position where you're willing to challenge them and you're willing to step outside your comfort zone because there's something that you want so much Like it's funny, a big part of what I do is really drawing parallels between the real world experience that we all have, our human experiences and characters' experiences. And so we think in terms of character arc and the character wanting something, but they're being held back by their own fear and their own emotional trauma. And if they can just reframe what happened in a different way and move past it and challenge that fear and move past it, you know, they'll be in a place where they're stronger and can achieve their goal, if you want them to succeed. And the thing is, is that that's us. Yes. That's all of us. Yes, You know, there's there's things that we want that we're not in a position to have right now. There's things we need to learn. There's things we need to do. There's fears we need to challenge. Um, there's steps we need to take. And if we do those things, then maybe we can achieve that goal. But there's a cost too. There's a risk. You know, there's the risk of failure. There's, there's uh, the risk of, of feeling like you put in all this time and effort and you didn't see those milestones happen for yourself so did you waste all your time you know there's the fear of the unknown there's all these things that will keep you in this nice warm cozy comfort zone where you know how things work you understand the laws of the comfort zone you know what's a risk and what isn't and you have to decide like you say you know is this somewhere where I want to stay because it's known you know even if it's not necessarily as happy as it could be or as fulfilling as it could be do I want to stay yeah. Some people make that decision.
0: Well, a, lot of, a lot of people make that decision, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I have, actually I have 11 rules of success. The 8th rule is stay uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, because you have to, especially if you're succeeding at what you're doing, you have, it's, especially when you're successful, I think that's one of the most, tem- the most comfortable.
1: To coast. Yeah. yeah, the temptation to coast. Yeah. Because you can't coast. No. There is no. no coasting like that's the thing is is and it's interesting because like this ties into the fear of success Mm um uh writers often think about the fear of failure but they don't think about the fear of success and the fear of success is just imagining that future and actually seeing what it's going to be but also the negatives that come with it the added pressure and the need to continue to create and, and meet expectations and more complication and all of these other things. And it can cause people to put on the brakes because they don't, you know, they don't want all of those things that go with it.
0: Well, fear of success and fear of failure are actually the same fear. I realize this, it's just, they're just the opposite spectrums of the same fear, which is the fear of change. Mm -hmm. Fear of failure is if I do everything, well, nothing will change, right? That's not true. While you do in the attempt to try, Mm -hmm. there's opportunities to learn and grow even in failure. Sometimes especially. And failure. I should have off my phone.
1: <laughs> <Talking. laughs>
0: Do that right now, ladies and gentlemen. But fear of success. Fear of success is my phone just now on There we go. Hit the power button. Thank good. Okay. Phone Josh 1 phone zero. But anyways, um, but the fear of success is the is the fear of the unknown? You don't know what happens. We're, we all know what it's like to fall on our ass on a bicycle. We know what it's like to slip on the ice. When we fly, well, what? What now? What? That's that's the fear. It's it's that it, things have changed. Now you don't know where they're going to go or how mm-hmm. you're going to get there. Um, my first time dealing with that was when this podcast was nominated for the Aurora. Because it was like I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. I just woke up one day and I was an Aurora finalist, mm-hmm. and it was like. Cool, right? But then I'm like, then I had this like weird imposterish kind of thing come up, and I was like, okay. So I had this little, I had, to, I had a little talk with my imposter thought. How did I get there? What do I do so well that got me here, and what don't I do well? Mm-hmm. Because I think the honest, I think the self evolution is, if you want to stay successful, you got to be very honest with who you are and who you're not.
1: Yeah, with. yeah.
0: Right, and who you're not, and and you may not be able to avoid putting yourself in positions where you're, where you face your weaknesses. But how do I minimize that in such a way that it's actually, I, if I have to be in these environments, how do I function in them in a way that doesn't compromise yeah. myself? Right. Knowing that like hypothetically speaking, like let's say for example, I was an alcoholic. Just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, but let's say I was, Coming into a place like this would be a big risk. It's like, but what can I do to mitigate that?
1: Yeah, water. Yeah, yeah right. Strategies. Yeah. yeah, there's
0: strategies for that, right? Because, but it's being honest with myself because I don't want to fall back into an old pattern mm-hmm. if I want to go into a new place. Mm-hmm. That's something I've, I've learned, um, and everything about uh, and everything I've been doing has been about stepping into the unknown each and every time because it's it, for me. It's the only
1: way i'm going to grow. Up. yeah 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 right but i mean it's all it's all a process yes. and and it's never you know we can we can want to show up and always succeed and we're not going to and, no and i think that it's really about perspective and just putting the moment in perspective um, you know if you try something and you don't do well at it or it, and horribly. you realize you were terribly unprepared or or whatever Uh, whether it's your actual fault or not i mean just put it in perspective it was one moment in time what did you learn what would you do differently next time and then kind of move forward it's like when that thing sort of digs into you that's when it becomes a problem Mm -hmm. right when it when it really digs into you
0: yep you gotta figure out how to let it go
1: yeah if you can and like i said some things you know like we're we're talking about trauma and experiences in very general terms. But I think there's some people that they've had such traumatic... Sure. You know, there's... You know, there's... There's less control and, and less ability to um, get the distance that you need or the awareness that you need in order to, you know, just look at it in such clinical terms.
0: I, I think it, I think for a lot it's the awareness. It's not... It's, it's you know, you feel this way and just don't want to feel this way anymore. And mm-hmm. You kind of want to numb yourself. I, I've seen this with, with some... Uh, people I've seen that are hit by a lot of different traumas yeah it's just it's just there comes a point where they they just want to shut down and they do they just because they they hit that overload of
1: well Well, and I think too like they learn um, what strategies work for them like you know like your example with you know if you're an alcoholic and you know that you need to have something in your hand you're gonna get water yeah you know like I think everyone sort of learns what are those comfort strategies and what is going yeah. to keep them focused on yeah. what they're there to do versus letting these things have too much power yeah so and,
0: and I, I, I I do think that it's something everybody has I mean I have to find and some people that remember you may not be able to yeah. get over your all your experiences but at some point it's like well I have to function somehow yeah. some way
1: and you just keep showing up yeah you
0: know that's my first rule yeah that's literally my first role mm-hmm. show up I never thought, I never thought that would be like the biggest lesson I got in school. Like that, the attendance thing, I was like, years later, I'm like, this is this is why they focus on this whole lot.
1: Is it weird that I'm hoping like some of your rules are weird, like Land? you know? Yeah. Do, like-
0: do, do, would you like to hear them all? <laughs> would you like to hear them all? <laughs>
1: sure.
0: Real Rule one, show up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going I'm to, you're not going to be quite the PG, you're going to be the non PG version. Okay. Rule two, do your shit. Mm-hmm. Rule three is the only cliche on the list. Don't quit. Rule 4. The rest is rain. Are you a Star Trek fan? mm
1: Not know. really, no. no okay. Like, I mean, I know it, but not Okay, not so, a tricky...
0: so one of my favorite Captain Picard quotes of all time so this is Mr. Data. Mr. Data, it is sometimes possible to do everything correctly and still lose. He's right. Yeah. He's yeah. A, he's absolutely right. She's awesome. Oh, waitress, she's great. Yeah. We have, a waitress, we have a waitress here, ladies and gentlemen, It's kind of like... Uh, Uh, To make sure we're all good, we're all good. I I actually, the next time she comes out, I'm just gonna say next, I'm gonna order and have her in the the shot.
1: If she wants to, yeah. uh,
0: Yeah, but I I, actually, that's one of the cool things about the podcast. Like when I was doing it before, when I was going in restaurants like this, I I do keep the stuff with the waiter and the waitress in there. I think I like a little chaos in my Mm. my, my stuff. A little bit of chaos is actually, I think. It makes it real
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: yeah right so rest is rain so so your objective then what you understand is since the paradox of success is you can do everything right and still fail yep consequently if you do none of the steps you will get guaranteed to fail that's just the way it is so your job is to do the best you can with what you know to be as prepared for the rain as possible right rule five right get out of your fucking way
1: yeah, that's that's a that's, that's a big, big rule. Yeah. That was the
0: that was the immune the imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Get out of your way and enjoy it. Rule six, be grateful, be cheerful. Rule seven, no excuses. It really doesn't matter why you do so or do or don't do something. What matters is that you did or didn't do something. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna care. Rule eight, stay uncomfortable. Rule nine, uh be detached from all outcomes.
1: That's a tough one
0: that's actually no it's actually it's actually once i figured out what the the pandemic taught me one of the most important lessons about human nature and that's this we can buy if people what is i I under i understood advertising a lot more thanks to the pandemic and what advertising tries to do is you on an idea if people buy into an idea it doesn't matter what angle what side of the equation we're on on the pandemic probably bought into an idea. Now, that idea, if you buy into it completely, if I challenge your idea, you will feel like I'm challenging you, right? Now, if I detach from the outcome of my idea, I can have a discussion about the idea in any format without actually being offended or worried, or even if I disagree with your opinion, I can have that discussion with you. Yeah, right. I guess it
1: depends on how you set goals, yeah. right? The way you set goals, the way you set milestones, and if they motivate you or not. Or sh- yeah,
0: you, again, but you want to ask them, but going back to what I said, you have to accept the fact that what you're gonna do possibly won't work. Yeah, And if you have that idea in your head off the bat, it gives you a perspective of, okay, this might not work. And that's a healthy, a little doubt's healthy, a little doubt. Because it forces you to analyze what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So detaching from all outcomes is actually a really, it makes you harder to manipulate. And it also makes you open to possibilities that you wouldn't have considered otherwise. And it lets you use dealt in that constructive manner.
1: But you have to be careful that you don't get distracted.
0: The, that, right? Uh, that be, that
1: because that's the thing is when you open yourself to opportunities, if you're too open to every opportunity, you can't assess like which ones are really going to take you in the right direction that you that's, need to that's go. That's what time is. See, we're all the same page. <laughs> yeah.
0: You want to hear rule ten? Okay. Yes. When in doubt, choose the path that's the most
1: fun. Oh, there you go. That's all right.
0: Yeah. Rule eleven: This is my most one. Be open to learning anything, but realize you
1: can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a good rule. Yeah. I think, I think just learning in general is yeah. what. It's healthy. It's, yeah. It's
0: super healthy. You. There's always. <laughs> I, I took up drawing during the pandemic. I am like, being terrible. I'm actually confident at it now. I'm confident. Yeah. I don't know if you see any of my drawings on social media. Yeah, I
1: see some. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I've gotten better, right? I don't think I'm good, especially compared to who I'm drawing with. Holy shit! But um, but I'm confident at it, it's yeah. made me a better storyteller. That's the other cool thing about Trump going out on limbs is you learn things about yourself, and you can take that back to what you're actually doing. And do it differently. Um, I don't know how much of a music fan you are. Probably, probably. A, I love it when I see artists. Sometimes, so Lincoln Park was one of my favorite bands. My favorite album was theirs, and I like it just because it's so it's different to take from what they normally do. Is a Thousand Suns. They did a nuclear holocaust, post-apocalyptic themed album. Just a, was a one of okay. a one of. It made when they went back to what they typically do. It was better. <sighs> it was better because what they did was they went outside their comfort zone and they went and learned stuff. Even though I don't think a thousand suns their best album, yep. right? It's the one where they took the most chances. Yeah. And when they came back to what they were actually normally do, right? The the one they did after were Castle of Glass and some of the, some of the other songs on there was just like they were they had more depth than what they did previously because they weren't doing the same thing over and over well creativity, being
1: like really truly embracing creativity is being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and when you give yourself permission to just not think about the fans and not think about this, that, the other thing and how popular something will be and you just like let that passion out I mean that's when you go really great places yeah and I think that's you know that's why it's good for us to all read outside our genre you know Mm -hmm. And you do you learn you learn different things just by absorbing different types of content so yeah it can be very helpful
0: yeah so it's just it's just it's something I it's something I realized they did and they did it very well so it was just like so those are the 11 I have so far so I'm sure I'll have more when it's all said and done but this is everything I've learned about success so
1: I feel like there needs to be like a cardio 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 or you know don't be in a bathroom with clowns or anything like that
0: let's see let's see (laughs) Um, you got to work on that. Work on that for next time.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <The> closest <laughs> I have
0: to rule 10. Rule 10 is just a general rule. But yeah. Yeah, no. There's no post-apocalyptic plan yeah. thing. Right? Yeah. I don't yeah. like rules. Yeah. You don't like rules?
1: Well, I I mean, I have ideas, like core things that have meaning to me, but I don't think of things in terms of rules, I guess. So.
0: I find structure actually allows for more creativity.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and I, some people are like that, like yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm very emotionally uh directed i guess like i my like gut instinct sort of guides
0: good. me good. And it impu- impulse and into impulse or intuition or instinct are, are very very useful i follow it too yeah right yeah you need
1: balance though and that's why becca and i work well together is she can be more analytical than me and so we make a really good team in that sense because right. i kind of approach a problem from an emotional point of view and then she kind of approaches it more as an analytical so
0: yeah yeah because emotional points of view can actually you can can see more imagine more than an an analytical is limited by the fact of what they can analyze the data they analyze you need both Mm -hmm. you don't have if you don't have both you can't if you're too emotional you're just gonna go this way and that oh yeah right, right, Yeah. right, right but if you're too rule driven if you're too rule driven well, you're never gonna see certain doors that yeah. are right yeah. in front of you.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep, we're so we're a good we're a good team in that way. That's we awesome. balance each other. Yeah Yeah.
0: So Yeah. Um, I mean speaking so coming out of your comfort zone, how are you doing so Uh,
1: you know, like I'm really lucky in that like I'm an introvert. Most people would never guess that. They assume that I'm oh, sure. extroverted. Um, but I have a husband who's like super extroverted, and so and he's also like incredibly gifted at um, talking to people and managing situations that would make an introvert uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So because I have that as an example, I've learned so many things from just watching him interact with people and stuff like that, and it has really like given me kind of tools from my mental toolkit to uh, handle different types of situations. That's cool. So, so, yeah, so, I'm I'm lucky in that regard. Yeah, sounds like uh, it sounds like you're in the path
0: you're on right now. Because like, so for people who don't know, Angela is probably one of the most popular resource for writers oh, everywhere. It's true. I've seen I, I you I have Oops. seen I've seen you at One Words Collide. You're always busier than Vanek because everybody's coming up to you. Hey, you got these cool things. Th- the sources. Well, they're just them. so
1: weird and different, right? So yeah, well, I, I just I just
0: <laughs> I, I just think you found a really cool lead that, yeah. that, that no one considered and you just and yeah. everybody's like well now you're the you're, you're, you're lack of a better term you're the expert
1: well it's just a it's a like the guides are very practical yeah in the sense that like most writing guides up until the point of time where we release the emotions the source were like here's how you know here's everything about characterization or here's everything about suspense it looked at a topic and it gave you lots of advice and examples and stuff like that but the books we recognized there was a gap between learning about something and applying that thing and there's like this brainstorming component that was missing and that's something that beck and i saw as critique partners when we were trying to figure out everything ourselves you know we were really struggling with emotion and our characters were always doing the same shoving their hands in their pocket and frowning and smirking and it was just so boring and it's like why can't we think like deeper you know and so we thought well if we have these brainstorming lists and it kind of gets us out of those patterns of thinking the same thing over and over and over. And so I think in that sense, like that was sort of the start of the idea. And then it really became, what's the most important thing, the practical thing you need to know about whatever, fill in the blank, emotion, conflict, emotional wounds. Like what does that concept do in a story that you really need to know? So if you can activate it properly, your story's going to go from this to this. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we've kind of taken things, at, you know, not just through the books, but also... Um, that the sources we have at One Stopper Writers because we've got, we, we've we written a lot of the sources over the time and they're not all books. So there's quite a few there that um, that look at different concepts too. So. Yeah.
0: So, okay, I got to ask this. Did you want to be one, a novelist at one point
1: or Oh one yeah, one? yeah. Beck and I both are children writers. Yeah. Like we both wrote, um, uh, she wrote everything from, um, she did write a few like short stories and stuff like that, but her sweet spot was really YA. And for me, it was more chapter books and middle grade, and I did write some YA. And so yeah, we have, we've got tons of manuscripts on our yeah. thing, but I think what happened with us is, when we met at, uh, as critique partners on an online group called The Critique Circle, we really gelled over um, just learning. First of all, we had a huge passion for learning, but also helping other people. And being in an environment where you're constantly, like you're learning from other people, and you're seeing how to make your work better, and then you get the opportunity to help other people, it kind of awakened a real passion in us that we liked being part of that chain. We really enjoyed um, having a role where we could help other people. And so we sort of took this passion of learning and this passion of helping people, and it sent us in a totally different direction. You know, we started thinking about writing is so freaking hard. Like, learning all this stuff is really hard, and there's so many elements to master. It's got to be an easier way. And that was kind of like what has steered us away from fiction into nonfiction, and I think honestly, like for me, I'll probably go back to fiction at some point in time. But it's just uh, I like life has to slow down. Like I don't,
0: you've you got, I've got on, so much going well, on. Well, no, you're on a train. I Watch I, again. Yeah, I, you're on a train. I uh, I occasionally have lunch with Susie Dory and it's just like looking at everybody in gallery, it's like, yeah, you, you got you, you're off, kind of like you found a niche that you know that needed to be filled, and it's just yeah. carrying you wherever...
1: Well, you and know. it's a rewarding career path sure. for both of us in that we just love helping people yeah. and we're able to help writers in a real unique, tangible way and so that's really exciting. Like that's something, you know, like on one hand it totally did take us off our path of, of writing fiction, for now, um, but it just became this unexpected, rewarding career.
0: So I, I got an interesting thought. I just had a very interesting question because of everything you've learned. Does that make your writing harder to do?
1: Like writing fiction like, or okay, writing nonfiction? Hey,
0: hey, both, because here's the thing, right? Now you know stuff, and mm-hmm. what I find is the more there, there's almost a point of. I look at I look at a writer getting started. The one thing they do have over an experienced writer is mm-hmm. they have no fear. They don't write. Write. Yes. They have no fear. So because what happens is as you write, you get more and more knowledge yeah. of what works and what doesn't for you, right? So when you go to somebody out, we're working on their manuscripts, you would go, that won't work in a million years and sometimes they prove you wrong, right? Because it, that, who they are mm-hmm. helps carry that, what they're doing. So now, but you've gotten somewhat deep into the knowledge base, so when you come back, it's like you have so many layers of what you can add to your writing now, does that make it easier? Or does that make it harder?
1: I think it would, it's tough to say. I think like if I, let's just say tomorrow I had a huge amount of time to write fiction. Let's just say that happened. I think, I think probably for me, I would choose a completely different genre to start exploring because I would feel that internal pressure. Yep. I also might, if I release books, I might do a pseudonym because again, I would, worry about like the the judgment of because there's the creativity part this is a story this is your baby and then there's the technical part of it where well you know Angela says that you're supposed to show don't tell I'm looking on page 14 you know she's telling and stuff like that I would worry about like being held to that bar and people maybe getting lost in the technique and not enjoying the story because there is like you know rules you do break them but you need to know why they're there like you can break stuff with purpose, Absolutely. Y- you can manipulate stuff with purpose, but if you don't know why a rule is there, if you don't know why, if you misunderstand something, you know, then that's where you're going to have problems in your manuscript, right? You know, we run into people that are, you know, they might say, um, you know, show, don't tell, I hate hearing that phrase because you can't show all the time and they're right, you can't. But it's understanding what show, don't tell actually means and applying that viewpoint to your story. That's gonna like elevate it so much because you're gonna focus on what matters in my story versus just, you know, showing the things that matter. Deciding what's so important in the scene that I need to slow down enough to describe it a little, you know, it's being able to understand that versus just like this blanket hard and fast rule. I must show. I can't tell. Telling is bad.
0: I I, I think the important thing. And I, I, this is this is how I approach writing stories now what's the story I'm trying to tell? Mm -hmm. That's the question I asked. Because that's the, that's important. Because from there, that's when you know what rules and more important, what expectations you need to have in your story. Because because from there, because there, again, as you say, you can break rules. Yeah. Right? But the thing is, if you're going to defy expectations, you need to know why you're doing it. And I find the answer to me is, what's the story I'm trying to tell?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because once I know that, then it's like, I can break, what I need to break but then I also but I also do this too it's like do I need to break the rule at all because now I'm starting to really really think about the story it's like yeah right what like I I actually find for me it's more fun to play into expectations than it is actually break them just for the, because yeah because
1: you give people what they expect just don't give it to them in the way in the way that create. yeah exactly they're, they're, yeah they're, yeah, right, and yeah. Right? Anyway. It's fun to lead them in a certain direction and then, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, no,
0: it, it's much more interesting. It's much more interesting. Um, because because uh, I notice this with movies now a lot more specifically. Some, sometimes my favorite throwaway line of all time is from The Matrix. Because it's it's, it's, it's my favorite. Because because uh, it's the Oracle goes to Neo, you got the gift it looks like you're waiting for something. And he goes, waiting for what? The next life meeting. Who knows? And then we go to the end of the movie. He actually dies and comes back alive and like,
1: yeah, I'm like that was a nice little Easter egg. No, yeah. no, no. It's right in... again. Yeah. It's,
0: it's it's so cleverly done. It's done yeah. in a way that makes sense in the moment, but it also you quietly have made a promise to your reader without mm-hmm. ever them even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to it and they're like, yeah. Sometimes you can know over- like I, 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 you can make it too much of a hand fisted thing. I've seen that in movies too, but like... When oh, 100%, music, yeah. yeah. but when it's done like that, that well, that cleverly, it's like, okay, I, I, I have to tip my hat. You, you do Well, and movie. it's an
1: art form because yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think, like once you become aware of techniques, you can watch a movie and you can enjoy it. And But once you become aware of techniques, you know, you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's the dark moment or that's, you know, like you start, my husband hates it when yeah. we're watching a movie and I just, like, know, I'm just like, oh, I can't believe they did that. And he's like, what? And I, so I explain like what what was wrong with what just happened and stuff like that. And,
0: and, and, and he hates it because rude really, It's, it's but, like it's like how the sauces are made. Sometimes you don't need to know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. think as writers, we get into our own head a little bit because you're like, okay, I don't want to be too heavy-handed about this, but I need to slide this in so that you know they're aware of it, but they're not aware that they're aware of it until I want them to be aware of it.
0: Yeah, and no, it is it is super hard for to say again. A movie where that failed for me was Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> right? I knew the like when when they did the whole Alfred matching Bruce in a place with both a, a woman. The only question I had at that point, legitimately, was okay, he's going to end up with either her or her. Which one is he going to end up? with? yeah. I, I, did, yeah. I did. I not I thought I I knew he was going to live. I knew that there was going to be yeah. a scene at the end of the movie. I didn't. The only thing I really didn't know was, well, okay, who? Which one? Yeah. It's going to be one or the other. And one of them's going to die. Yeah. And I was like, it's like, thanks, you the it. The best
1: thing, though, yeah. is when you think that they're going to go down a cliche path. And you're like, oh, God, you're going to ruin it. Like, this was really good, and you're just going to wreck it all. And then they don't. I yeah. love that. I absolutely love that. Like, um, yeah. did you ever watch Dead to Me? I haven't seen it, no. So, Dead to Me, it's like this whole thing, friendship between two women, and, like, it's crazy. You should definitely watch it. But the net-net of the ending was the one woman's friend dies and she has a baby and you're like oh please don't name her after your friend like don't do that that's just and she doesn't and she actually acknowledges it she's like i'm not gonna name like she's talking to the ghost of her friend she's like i'm not gonna name my baby after you like you know and i just i love that because it addressed the elephant in the room and it was like please don't do that this was a really great show please don't ruin it and she didn't so that was I, I like it when that I, stuff happens. I've actually
0: I realized like I had to give up. So for me it was I had a choice between video games and television. I gave up television. Because I found I found video games for me were a more fulfilling narrative mm-hmm. because what happens when I watch television is my brain shuts off. Yeah. And I I I, I almost don't know how to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna get stimulated outside of that, I need a book. I need a video game. Yep. Yeah. That's where I'm at in my life. Maybe someday. That's,
1: that's that's not a bad thing. I think I think our streaming habits, you know, kind of change. Like it's changed everything as far to, as far as readers. I don't think that you have the luxury of waiting too long to pull a reader in. Because let's face it, everybody's phone is binging and there's notifications coming up. And oh, I, I if know. they're distracted, like they're not in your story, they're gonna close it, they're gonna go on to something else. Absolutely. So, you know, this, the habits that we all have of, of the internet being so close, of streaming, that instant gratification, I want to keep going. You well, know, you
0: really—it's one of the reasons why we're doing it like this instead of Zoom. Mm-hmm. I'm on the screen all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I want while I'm here, I want real interaction. I don't want, um, I don't want because again, I do that enough. And yeah. it, right. At this point, legit, you have to pay me to be <laughs> Yeah. You
1: know,
0: right. That's 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 where I'm at because again, it's it's because I realize like. I'm already exposing myself all the time Mm -hmm. to these things. And it's just like, I don't want to, I want to get to the point where I'm focused on the things that really matter to me, Yeah, which means less distractions. So I'm not cool. I mean, I still watch some stuff, but it's no longer the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. I I mentioned to you wrestling. I still watch a little bit of that, but I also watch, I also watch, um, from show wise, I watch the boys.
1: Okay, I've not started that yet, but yeah, it's, on it's my better. List.
0: It, it, it's better than the comic. Okay, it's actually better than the comic. Although the comic, for its time, is really good. It's a little dated, and also the guys that, that did it are really nice dudes. So mm-hmm. I, I met Garth Ennis, uh, 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, so met, so there's that. Then there's um, Wheel of Time. I'm a Wheel of Time. Guy. Oh yeah, me
1: too. Yeah. Love it.
0: Yeah, I'm Wheel of Time, and. The only other thing I'm watching right now, regularly, was Harley Quinn.
1: Mm, okay. That one I'm not watching, but Wheel of time, I'm with you on it. Yeah, well, yeah. Harley
0: Quinn, I just <clears> love what <throat> they did with the DC, like, back, the Batman DC Universe. Mm-hmm. I never thought, they, did, they kept the Bane voice from Dark Knight Rises and Bane, and it's like, I never thought I'd hear Bane say Razzy Zazzy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it its it, 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 they they make it comical and they make it interesting. And like my favorite character, ironically, is either Pain or the Joker. The Joker's arc is wild. Like mm-hmm. it, it, make, it oddly makes sense for him, and it's just like, wow, this is what DC could be or have fun could have fun being in a different world. And it's like, okay, that's cool.
1: It's fun when people imagine new facets, right? Yes. Yeah. Or even
0: old facets that you actually didn't realize you loved so much mm-hmm. in a different way. So yeah,
1: like, those callbacks. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> I'm old, but yeah, that's it. Like that's all I have for television at this point. Because and, and it's funny to me because I'm watching all these shows. It's like I'm just not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I,
1: I, well, like I, I said, it's not the worst thing to not be addicted to your television set. So. Yeah, no,
0: no. I mean, I I play I play deep, when I do play. I play deep storytelling video games now, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which. Is also can be a problem sometimes, but that's
1: not. I have addictive personality, so I I love video games, but I don't. I rarely start one because once I do, I have to finish it. So it means everything else just. And yeah. I can't. I don't have the kind of life where I could just like shelve my business to I... You know,
0: <coughs> yeah, no. I, I, won't, head, so. I won't recommend you some games. No. Then, because it's also, so, I, I love
1: them, but yeah, I love the role um, playing.
0: Yeah. No. Me too. Like my favorite. <clears> my favorite. <throat> but again. They have to have a great. They have great stories now. Like I think. I think honestly, where I, I think books is real competition is honestly video games because mm-hmm. video games can do something books can't. And that's interact with, with the audience. Yeah. There is a. There is not only a gratification of story. There's a gratification of action, and that's something a book can't do.
1: Yet.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Who knows where things will go?
0: Yeah, I, I I have seen some of the toys they're trying to play with. I don't know if they're going to create. That one's going to be an interesting challenge, mm-hmm. right? Um, because authors might be might be doing writing more like a video game down the road. In the sense that when you write a video game script, it's like writing long, like like branches. Like yeah. you write a branch, there's the main branch. And yeah, there's these, all these side branches you're writing.
1: It's basically like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah. So you got you got to do it in a way that doesn't quite feel like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose-your-own adventures were fun as a kid to some degree, but after a while you realize- Well,
1: you can see, like it's leading you. do you, you sure you want to do that? you sure you want to go upstairs? Like, you sure? Yes. Okay, I guess I don't, <laughs> you
0: know? No, at that point, no, no, at that point, I'm all in. So, yeah. Are you nah, sure? I want to see, see, I, I want to see what's up there. Good, yeah. yeah. It's yes, good. thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, it's like, do you, do you still, do you still want to go? Like, do you still want to see it? Do you still want to make it happen? yes and then
1: you just come back and do whatever else so. yeah, yeah
0: exactly I yeah. love
1: choose your own adventures those were big little books when I was a kid absolutely
0: my favorite, one, my favorite ones were the spy ones mm-hmm. when you were a spy trying to save the world
1: yeah I can't remember which one was my favorite I just yeah. I really love them they yeah were great.
0: I, I know again, again there's a game <laughs> con, there's a game yeah well, well you're a participant yeah and
1: I think that is a lesson that all storytellers can take is the more you make your reader a participant the stronger the story nice. will be and that is in part why it's so important to pull readers into the, the character's world, inner world, and create that mirror between the real world and absolutely and the one in fiction. Where they see, like I said, those same human experiences, the fear of failure, like all of those things that people experience, they need to see those characters going through that and yes. feel connected through that.
0: And that's where books that's where books are strongest. You can create empathy in a book. In a way you can't yeah. do any other art form except maybe music.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Maybe music. Uh, because you can actually make a reader experience it. The thing about the visual component to the visual the visual component, although I think I think it's it's powerful, right? That's the one thing about pure prose, you know I I tend to I prefer I like Japanese light novels because they kinda of have that old pulpy feel but also mm-hmm. they have the pictures and stuff to go with it. I like that concept, but the truth is, like you, the, the maximize, and I realize this is why adult fiction tends to go to straight prose, not any pictures and stuff like that. It's because you can immerse somebody so deeply in a story that yeah. way that they don't. You're not you're not dealing with their preconceived notions anymore, right? You're letting the author just imagine, not the author the reader imagine whatever yeah. they want. And that's a, that is a gift. That is the one thing books do fantastic. Yeah, well, they do, they do. Right, and they're, it's powerful. Um, but well,
1: it allows every reader to envision their own version yeah. based on their own experiences and movies that they've watched or whatever. They'll build a, you know, a dark, tall, dark stranger. What does that look like? And then you just fill in the blanks yourself in a way that, you know, reminds you of a character that you loved or something that you read or, yeah.
0: Because we also, at the end of the day, all of us speak in a language of story. At some, at some level or another, and, yeah. that's, and that's it, and, we all, and that's where we all relate, and that empathy can make us understand each other better.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well that's, like, lots of people, you know, think maybe I, I think too deeply about the story, um, and sometimes I do. Like sometimes, you know, there's just, you should just like enjoy it. But I think every time you dip into a character's reality, you're given an opportunity to experience life in a different way, and maybe learn something about yourself, or see life a little bit differently. Um, It's a way to experience things in a safe way, you know, or or imagine different ideas or see things in a different way. I I think that's what I love about stories that kind of explore themes that are unexpected, is maybe it challenges you a little bit that, wow, this is a real, you know, conundrum. And if I were in that situation, I don't know what I would do. I think when you can get a reader, to actually think about that like that's a powerful thing when you actually get the reader imagining you know before they read the story if there was a circumstance you know oh well i would do this and then they're reading the story and they're like i don't know what i would do in this situation like that's powerful stuff when you can do that or or,
0: or you make the end, make the ending interesting like for example uh one of my favorite short stories of all time is isaac Asimov's the bill of bar so did the one guy murder the other you don't know, mm-hmm. right? The big accident happens with the pool cube, and 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 there's a doubt at the end whether did he kill him, did he not kill him? Mm-hmm. He certainly benefited from what happened. On the other hand, he's not a quick thinker. That's his out, and he's not. But
1: maybe those are those are stories where you have to you have to kind of be a really master. Um, handling it because you can either like people will either be like, "Oh my God, I can't believe they did that!" Like what happened, and then they're googling stuff, right? They're trying to Google, you know, the ending of a movie. What did that mean, or what happened? Um, or you can leave people really frustrated. You know, but, but, I don't have a definitive answer. I don't like that. So, it, but
0: but I like but I like that because it's interesting because you can go either way. Mm-hmm. Either way, well, the story works. Yeah, right, rather he didn't kill him, and this was just a very tragic accident, or he did kill him. There's no way to do it though, because there's no way to know for sure, mm. right, because they were friends, kind of, they were rivals at one point because they had a different perspective on the power source. And the way the story works out, like, the guy, the guy that got murdered came up with a solution and ironically he wanted his friend to do it and it was using a pool table to do it. Mm. So, so
1: the clues were all there. So what really happened? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I mean,
0: that's, that's why it works. I, I, it, doesn't yeah. work, it doesn't work every time you are right. There's definitely a point yeah. where it's like,
1: but that particular story? Some, like, oh, it was all a dream or whatever. Like, I have actually thrown a book across the room where the ending was. It was all a dream. It just, oh. oh, it was so frustrating. I'm like, what? it was such a good such a good novel that I was reading. I can't remember what it was called. So, and then it, so, that was so, the ending.
0: So what do you think about Awesome Wonderland though?
1: I haven't watched
0: it. I've I not watched it. Have you read it?
1: Alice in Wonderland. Oh my god, like a bazillion years ago.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> that book is basically it But the movie. thing
1: is, is it's it's not about the ending. It's about how many times have you experienced that ending, right? You can pick something that is classic and people will love it. It's like you said, it's something familiar. But if it's like a trope you know, when a trope becomes, um, you know, a total cliche, yeah. you know, or a stereotype even, right? Like, that's when you're just like, no, you're being lazy. You know, yeah. you you should have tried harder with that character. So, you know, I think it kind of depends on the context of, is that an ending where, A, did it make sense? Like, did the author pull it off? Sometimes, you know, like Stephen King's this... Um, uh, the Dark Tower series. You I know? Love it. I that love ending it. is one that bugged people. Like Some people are like, I can't believe that's how it ended. But that was kind of the right ending, in my my opinion. No, 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 you it, know? It, it
0: absolutely is the right ending.
1: But it's like one of those sort of things where some people are going to be not yeah. satisfied, but other people will be like, oh, but it... But the thing you is, know. he also
0: told you, he told you several times, especially in books five and six, that this was the ending. Mm-hmm. He already told, like, mm-hmm. there's lots of clues. Now, he had to know. Here's the thing right when you got to the end he actually right at the beginning he goes Do you really need to know you, like that's yeah. a good ending like, yeah yeah a, yeah great, like,
1: but you forget all about that by yeah. the time you get to the end you forget all about but, that
0: but the real ending is yeah. the real beginning mm-hmm. which is the poem itself that's yeah. the real that's the true yeah. ending of the story yeah. and yeah. that always was going to be the true ending of the yeah. story yeah but
1: people forget like that's the yeah. thing that's the beautiful thing is you show somebody something and then you misdirect them yeah, uh, you know, so many of the circular stories are like that, right? You forgot where it started by the time you get to the end, and then you're like, "Oh, it's a circle." Yeah, right. I forgot.
0: I, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm gonna spoil a little bit. Of my, I'm, I'm gonna mash up with Alice in Wonderland and Greek mythology. I made Alice and Pandora because I realized Alice and Wonderland and Pandora are the same story.
1: Mm. I, well, and that's the other thing is that so much stuff is, you know, it's mythology based or it's the same story but a different, you know, version mm-hmm. of it. Like um, Avatar and Pocahontas and and um, the la- uh, not the one la- um, uh, the forest one. What's that called? There was another one where they're all. It's it's exactly the same story. So yeah. You're just you know. Well, yeah, but
0: but what I realized. So this is this is my twist on it, right? It is a dream. I acknowledge it's a dream. Will the challenge is will she ever wake up from it? <laughs> That's the real challenge. That's the twist. Right? And the reason why I am saying it like that is because, again, it's playing into the expectation. Alice in Wonderland of a dream. Always was. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Or it's, it's yeah. right?
1: But people forget. Yeah. Because they're so immersed in the story. Yeah. You know, so, it, you know, again, if you've laid the clues, if you've laid the groundwork, but if it's just something where all of this stuff happens and there was really no indication that it was a dream in any way, and then suddenly the character wakes up. That's the way where it's like. Again,
0: this is, this is where this is where it goes back to what I said. About. It's about filling and breaking expectations. You can break the rules, but you've got to do it in a way that the reader can follow. Again, you're, what a story ultimately is, is you're making a promise to the reader. I'm going to deliver a payoff of some kind. And I'm going to tell you very quietly what it is. Right, is. I'm very quietly going to tell it to you. If I do my job correctly, by the time you get there, it's like, holy shit, that was amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I do it right. Now I can even break the rules, but where am I going? And am I hinting at it? I mentioned like the matrix thing, second life. That's a promise. It was delivered. It was delivered in a way I never anticipated. This is why I actually think like going in expectations is probably better than defiance. Once you go, it was all a dream, okay? cool. Where did you tell me along the way this was a dream Yeah, it was really a dream? Like, a, a good example of, um, of, like, I think my favorite payoff from a movie was, like, was my, my first time I saw it was M.I. Shyamalan's Sixth Sense. He was dead. He was yeah. a ghost. All the clues were there. Yeah. He talked and
1: then the end, end, you're like...
0: But oh, yeah, yeah, it blew, blew your mind, right? Yeah, yeah. But all the clues are there. He never, like, this is where M.I. Shyamalan fails in a lot of his later movies, is Okay, the village is the one that pissed me off the most, right? Because it's like what's outside, what's beyond the village, and then when you see what it is, it's like you didn't really do a good enough job.
1: Well, and there's there was too many logical things like yeah. no airplanes ever went over or anything like that. It was like ah, I just don't buy that this, you know, that this could exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have to you have to be able to get there. You have to be able to suspend belief where. You know and well, sometimes they do sometimes they don't
0: yeah and that's the thing you can do it but again if you do it you can make someone again people can buy into what you're doing as long as it makes a kind of sense. Mm-hmm. that doesn't right there is a law there is a path we could see that that got there again this is why i think breaking expectations is so hard <clears> if you're going to break all you have to replace those expectations with something else And that's where it gets dicey, right? The dream and you threw it across the table. Why? Yeah, you could have ended that way anytime you wanted to and maybe there were clues, but that probably wasn't because (laughs) Because if there were clues to it, you probably would have picked up subconsciously and when it happened you would have been like Okay, oh
1: hmm." I see. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Right. There's there's always little like if you're going to bend expectations You have to set that possibility up.
1: The fun thing though is to play with both. Yeah. Where you lead the reader in this direction. And they're just so programmed to look for patterns that they're following that pattern. Yeah. And they don't see that side, like all those little Easter but, eggs that you're laying, that it's actually this instead of that. Uh, yeah. I but, love that. But
0: I know, but that's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to make sure those Easter eggs yeah. or those clues are there. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, that's the right to be pissed at you yeah absolutely they're, they're, they're absolutely right, the yeah. right to be pissed at you because at that point
1: it's just a bait and switch
0: yeah yeah and that's and that's why you threw it across the room it was yeah. a bait and switch yeah and that's why you like
1: yeah well and it's it's yeah. disappointing because you're like this was really and there's only been a few like a handful of novels that i've read that are like that where it was a really great story oh, up until that point like if you just oh, sure. why did you do that you know you're just like why did you do that but oh well, yeah. you know, it's it, it it different. I'm sure other readers love that, so it's all good. Oh no,
0: well, so, sometimes I, I get the feeling. I get the feeling there's. I, if you're the if you're throwing it across the room, somebody else's too. That's the nope. idea, that's the other. No, it's just it, I, I, again we're not all that different at the end of the day. Right? We all look like yes. You have a better. You have a broader scope of what makes a story work. Cause of what what you do, but people subconsciously know to pick up on this yeah. stuff too. Right? Yeah. So it, it's something like I, I, if I want, if you're throwing my book across the room, I want it because you're mad at what happened in it and like the way it went. It's like, oh, you did this, you son of a, I can't wait to read the next thing. Okay. Right.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, Right? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have, next time, yeah, the next time I'm going to say, do you want to come here? I want to actually you, thank you. Like, but we're almost done it anyway, so, uh, but the, but the thing is, like, that, there is, we all have, again, whether we realize it or not, we all want to be sucked in, we all want to be immersed yeah. in something, we want to enjoy the experience. And if I'm throwing something across the room, it's because, oh, I can't believe you did that to my character, why did you do that? That's why I think Game of Thrones was so popular for so long, because I was, because he did that. Unfortunately, yeah, I think he did it a little too
1: much. Yeah, it has to be justified, you have to be able to justify it. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a you sound have to. Understand. The reader has yeah. to feel like it's justified, even if they have to sit with it for a bit. Yeah. Like maybe your gut reaction is you're really mad, but then the more that you think about it, like kind of like Stephen King's ending, right? Yeah. You know, at first you might be really upset that's how it ended, but then the more you think about it, it's like, oh. well, you know what? That makes sense, it, it, and I'm okay with that.
0: He, he broke me like three times in <coughs> that last book, right? The first, the, he broke me the first. The first time he broke me was when Jade died. Yeah, that, that was a... That Ooh. was... It was, right, it was right after, like, um, um... Oh man, I can't remember his name. It's gonna drive me nuts. He got, like, first character died. You expect it. you one of them... He, at least one of them wasn't gonna be... Eddie. And Eddie, I, I loved him, but it was yeah. like... I, I had that feeling he wasn't gonna be at the end. But then Jake, just right after. And, and that one hit hard because the gunslinger knew, and he tried to stop it. He tried. And just, it was just like, oh no, that broke me. Him getting to the tower also made me cry. It's like, because again, you were part of that journey.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And then, and then when you got to the top, it also made me, like, right? It's like, oh, you bastard. That's why it pissed people off because he, he, he broke you so many times in that story. You got to laugh. He like,
1: truly is a master though. Like, yeah. I mean, if you have read, the more stories you've read, or if you've read his entire collection, you see how they're connected and it's amazing, the scope of his brain, that he has laid Easter eggs in different books that are connected to different realities. Uh, you know, I, it's I, just I, 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 brilliant.
0: I, I think, technically speaking, especially now, he's the cleanest writer I read. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, I don't... I can look at some writing and go, okay, I could probably do this better, this better, this better. When I look at his writing, Emotion. Okay, this this is a weird thing. Emotionally, I don't always agree with his beats, but his prose is damn perfect. It's mm-hmm. like, damn near perfect. It's like, I can't, I am not good enough to fix this. I can honestly say that about him, right? I am yeah. not good enough to fix this. And that's a compliment to him more than anything else, right? That said, there are sometimes I'll read these steps, like, uh, like the emotional, nah, it doesn't hit. Dark Tower, I love his Dark yeah, Tower Yeah, I did
1: too, yeah, I really I did. did.
0: I love the Stark Tower. I Even liked-
1: Blaine. Like, it was all just so good. Oh no, Blaine the model. Yeah. Blaine the obviously...
0: Okay, so Wizard and Glass, in my opinion, is the best book he's ever written. Mm. In my opinion. Uh, the first love story, it was so sad, but that was the moment Roland Begins is mm. That was the moment. Because once you read that story, if you read him pre that, he's this man yeah. in black, mysterious yeah. dude, but when you come out of that story, son of a bitch you, you didn't know wonder you went so cold because shit
1: yeah Yeah.
0: right uh, you, you understood him and once you understood him he became more human the whole way through mm-hmm. and you were rooting for him to get there even yeah. in, spite of, in spite of everything he'd done you were rooting for him to get there because you understood well and him. it's
1: that connection connecting yeah. with, on a real human level with that yeah. genuine vulnerability yeah. Yeah. right yeah. And, and it all comes back to that like can you can you create this 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 bond of empathy between the reader and the character, where they can relate to them on a human on a human level, you know, yeah. where they're fallible, yes. where they do have fears or they're insecure, or you know, they're they're stepping outside the comfort zone into something that makes them they seem like they're all really tough, but there's everybody has a comfort zone. So what lies outside of his, you know, and I think it's fun to explore what lies outside people's comfort zone because oh, it just looks different for everyone.
0: Yeah, and, and Roland was. Like, yeah. that, was, that was such again it's and Glass is the best thing he's ever written yeah
1: I love this series I just love the whole series yeah so yeah, yeah. no
0: it's that's my opinion like now don't get me wrong I'm sure if, if, if I ever get him someday on the show he's gonna look at me and he's like you really think I want my best it's like yeah I do because it, it, it's it's about falling in love and I think yeah. I think you are—I mean—for all your bluster about who you are, that's that's who you are. You're romantic at heart, and you got to show that side of you in that book specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. hes pretty amazing. Yeah. Ah, if you ever so, get to meet the guy, hey.
0: Eh? What you know? What considering my wild, my—I've I've interviewed Marissa Mayer, I've interviewed Kelly Armstrong, I've interviewed John Salt. Why not? I—I had no. Again, I don't have—I don't have the expectation. But I no longer dismiss the possibility. Life's crazy. Yeah. There's there's a video of me really right now that you can go on on my TikTok. Was, I was a, first time I tried to interview Marissa. I had all the technical problems in the world. <laughs> oh no, they have like the, she was really understanding. But my my favorite glitch in there. I come back and there's another version of me frozen on on uh, StreamYard. I had never seen that air before in my life, and I had this like like epiphany one like this epiphany. This Isn't is my life. I meet all these amazing people, I get to talk to them about what makes them tick. You just spend an hour talking about books, storytelling, success, doubt, overcoming trauma, bravery. You're an incredibly successful woman yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah, right? And you're gonna and again, your life has gone in this wild direction in yourself. And if you look back, it's like everybody has an incredible story, Truthfully. to mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's if it's Stephen King or if it's even yeah. the people you just miss on the street, they all have an incredible, oh, story. Yeah. It's an incredible story. Well, that's so what
1: you said. We all are connected by story. And I think we are. We are all stories. Yes, that's right. <clears throat>
0: and we all go on our own, our own path, And it's really interesting. I'm going on the road. Why? I'm looking for where I can get. And that's, that's a journey in and of itself. I don't know what that's going to look like when it's all said and done. Right? So
1: when you say you're going on the road, are you, like, packing up? off I go and you don't know if you'll be coming back here?
0: I, well, or I'm almost, you're just gonna see where life goes? I'm I, 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 I I'm almost, if I do come back up here, it's gonna be the, well, like, it's my freelance contracts at this point. Mm-hmm. Be, I'll be here part time, but here's how I kind of see it. Like this chapter in my life is closing because what I want is connection and adventure. And as we've talked about off the air and a little bit on the air, for whatever reason, People here are not in that mode, mm-hmm. so I need so I could do one of two things I can accept this, stay here, be miserable with the lack of connection I'm seeing, yeah, or I can go out and find it wherever it leads. Yeah, that's a much more intriguing possible. I, I look at this if comfort is if I'm going to be comfortable, might at some point, I want to be happy. I don't want to settle for, for, I may not get everything and I can accept that, but I don't want to settle for, I work here and that's it. Yeah. Who wants that? But, you know, I don't, I don't, I would rather go out there, see what's out there. I truly, I truly believe this, and this is one of, I think that's one of the best reasons why I stopped watching television, if you let yourself not get distracted by this or right this all the time or television or even video games and stuff and you actually go out into the world it truly is a magical place yep but you got to go, go out there and see it and go see it. and because it's also a much bigger place than you really truly realize and i want to see where in this big wide world i can find my own comfort and happiness because as i'm i'm in that i'm at that point in my life where it's just like i'm still young enough to do everything hmm but that's not going to be for that much longer.
1: Well, and you never want to have regrets. And yes. I think if there's probably one thing I've done throughout my life that's helped me is I I always assess, what am I doing now? Am I happy? Am I going to regret this, that, whatever? And, and I ask that question quite often. Mm-hmm. And I just... I have a thing about regret. I don't like it. I don't want to have regrets, and so I do reassess a lot, and I make sure that I'm doing the things that are are leading me away from that. Yeah.
0: No, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I still remember my first my first crush in high school. I never, I, I never asked her out. I should have. Never did. Yeah. And. It's one of my only few regrets. Like, well, you yeah. carry it with
1: you. So, you know, you don't want to have regrets again. You don't like the way that made you feel. No, so, absolutely.
0: Yeah. My mistakes. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to have... I don't know if you believe God. I do believe God. If I do the crunch of my he's going to say, you did a lot of stupid shit in this life. And I said, damn right I did, Right? And then, then and yeah. that... But yeah, exactly. See that? Yeah, right. yeah. exactly. Right? But I'm okay with that. Life is part of what life is yeah. about. It's about making... Those mistakes and it's about going out there and seeing what's out there. I came back here to tell people like I really cared about that. I love them and I miss them and I wish them well. I didn't get that again for me personally. It didn't work out that way where I got. But it.
1: you did what you needed to do. Yeah. And now it's a checkbox, and now you're ready to move yeah, on yeah, to yeah, the. Yeah. Whereas if you hadn't have done that, never, It would always be living in your head. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I should have gone exactly. back. I should have. You know. Yeah. So. yeah
0: exactly. No, that, that's exactly yeah. that. Like, like that's exactly it. I did everything I knew how to... This goes back to what I said, but rest is rain. I did everything I knew how to do to make it happen. Mm. People didn't want to do that. Okay. That's not like I learned from that. And and it it also, I mean, it just probably just told me like the path I've been on, I don't get there anymore. And that's, and again, no regrets, no hard hard feelings, right? Um, When I go to One Words Collide, it's going to be like... That's it, and I'm not, I don't know how talkative I'm gonna be with some of these people at this point, because again, why say hello to say goodbye? That's right, that's the, other, that's the other end of it. But at the same time, if I can go in there and tell people what you do is worth it because you are worth it, and that's the gift I leave them when I go,
1: well, I think if if your reason for coming back was to reconnect with people and let them know what they meant to you, yeah. then I think you do need to talk to people, or yeah. you're going to regret it. Why did I hold back? Yeah. What did it cost me to hold back?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so I would I would not. Oh no. I wouldn't put limits on yourself and talk to the people you want to talk to and say the things you want to say. Oh, I,
0: I if, if if they reach out, absolutely. But but again, at that point, just again, I'm at the end. I wish. Sometimes you wish you had more time know
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just wish you had more time and unfortunately like when I when I go out the door like uh, I might I might I might murder a song going out the door actually it's a good way to close it the song will be a uh, carry-on wayward song so you listen if you hear my panel for my last the last thing I do and you just hear that song in, the, in there right just come in and join it, yeah. oh, like, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Then I would have regrets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, okay, fair enough. I I, I just thought you are gonna make a mistake, make 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 some bacon awesome. Don't 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 hold back, right? But yeah, that's that's it, right? And and I've done it, and now I'm gonna see what's next. Because again, if I don't do it,
1: yeah, that's okay. exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's somewhere down the road I'll see you again, probably, but it may not be here. It'll be yeah. wherever you're. I mean, because I imagine you, you're going to be there. you're in demand all the time too.
1: Well, it's I mean, it's still weird, like the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know, we're starting to see more conferences and retreats and stuff like that are in person, but a lot of them haven't started up again. So
0: oh. I I see I see I'm in, I'm in a uh, again I fall into that top ten percent where it's just nothing. Yeah, and that never, even when the so my and then we're gonna wrap this up. until we get to time is that's gonna disappear in like a matter of seconds here. Um, I remember the uh, when Vancouver and the pandemic started, and I well, everything was shut down. No one knew what was going on. Everybody was scared I of the know. So, my on last days in Vancouver, I met a homeless guy, or not homeless guy, yeah, actually a homeless guy, he's working full time, which is not unusual in Vancouver, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to work, hey, listen buddy, you got a pen or a I didn't. And he's like, oh, okay, he also just like this, like, for this fist bump. And then, for a minute, I hesitated, and I realized, like, this is the real cruel thing about the pandemic.
1: Yeah. It's not
0: the virus itself, it's this, and I made a choice. I'm not going to be scared of interacting with anyone, no matter what. Because the humanity of the, being humane to people, it can't be forgotten in the face of fear.
1: Yeah, I think there's other ways, though, to be human. And I think people found that, honestly, in the pandemic. Somewhat. I, you I, know, I, I, the things best... have been lost, but I think people built really strong relationships and started to appreciate relationships more, in some ways. Some, in some ways. I, like, yeah. We were talking at the
0: beginning. But there was also a fragmentation of it and there was a shrinking of, of the of those social circles, and I mm-hmm. think there's, there's comfort in that. I think I think uh, I think as the years go on, that'll expand again eventually. Yeah. Um but but uh I just I just realized that you know that like you know I'm never not gonna be kind in the face of whatever whatever that is, right? And so and this is my answer. It's not necessarily everybody else's. I'm just not going to be afraid. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> All right. So um, that's, just where I, that's just where I'm at. Right. But again, this is my second apocalypse. My first one was much more personal, but that's a different conversation for another day. You got to wrap this up before this actually goes and disappears on here. So you want to say anything to be honest where people can find you?
1: Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere on social media because I have far too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I also have a blog, uh, writershelpingwriters.net, and I help writers also um, at onestopforwriters.com. Alrighty,
0: And that, folks, is that. to Thanks, Angela, for coming on to the show. And Thanks Linda for having soon. me. Yeah. And that will do it. Healing Hands airs every Monday on channel Healing Hands YYC, hosted by Chenille Bostic. Healing Hands is a massage therapy education material in which Chenille, shows you exactly some massage techniques, how to heal and the basics of getting started. Check it out every Monday at Healing Hands YYC. Click on the link below to subscribe. Josh Josh